This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Growth comes from letting go of what is not you. So much of what you seek can be acquired by actively removing those things that no longer serve you. Are you mindful of what keeps you anchored in your past? Are you resilient to life so you can continue to be you regardless of what is happening? Happiness comes from peace. Bliss and joy come from being who you are. If you want to float in the joy of life, cut away those things that weigh you down. By weeding your garden, you'll find the flowers that were always there, says Alfred Ritchie. Valeria interviews Alfred. Rising from the ashes and harnessing the power of his early years, living in shelters, a group home, and a foster home while attending six high schools in four years, Alfred Ritchie knows how even the most daunting obstacles can be overcome. Alfred made a conscious choice not to let his past dictate who he became. A double major in economics and business led to an MBA from the University of California and a career in international banking. Alfred used mindfulness and resilience practices to conquer suicidal thoughts while managing the massive stress of corporate work in over 20 countries. His mission is to share the necessary skills to thrive in traumatic work environments. Alfred Ritchie has 10 plus years of teaching personal development workshops, including methods to release severe stress. To learn more about Alfred and his work, please visit alfredritchie.com. Here is the interview with Alfred Ritchie. In your own words, who is Alfred Ritchie? Alfred Ritchie is a soul who decided to have a very interesting life so that he learned a lot of lessons early in life. I finally admit to myself after many years that I was the one who chose this life. I was the one who chose to have many lessons up front so that I could overcome and learn to share my lessons with others later in life. Before we talk about mindfulness and resilience and perhaps other thoughts in between, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned off-record. What does it mean to be a human being? It means that you get to experience things that you can't in the spiritual realm, in heaven or what do you want to call it. I liken being a human to going to school is that when you start off at school, you're a young soul, you haven't been here, you start off with very easy lessons, say kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And following the path of incarnation, as you go back, you say, oh, well, cool, I learned those lessons. Well, let's tack on some harder ones. And eventually you come back and you have more interesting, more elaborate, more difficult lessons as you come back and reincarnate several times. So you could think of this as very similar to school is you come here to experience things, experience life in a physical body, experience all the joys and pain and suffering, everything that is available. Look at the yin and yang single. It's Everything is possible. You're available to experience whatever it is, and that's why you come here. 
very similar to school. You get to experience a lot of things and learn. And when the body dissolves and you go back to the other side, you say, wow, that was a cool trip. That sounds interesting. When you speak of reincarnation, is this a belief or a knowing? It's a knowing. It's I've never studied reincarnation. For me, if something feels right, it's truth. That's the way I live my life is, does it feel right? Does it feel that I'm in my path? Does it feel I should be speaking with you? Does it feel right to say these things? Because sometimes the universe will put up a negative energy and say, nope, don't do there. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do this. So you can actually feel what you personally believe in. And I personally believe, for example, that I was on the other side and said, I'm going to go climb Mount Everest this lifetime. That's the way I have in the analogy. And I felt that I was so insane. I said, I'm bored. I want to do something crazy. Meanwhile, I'm three quarters up Mount Everest, freezing my butt off. I'm starving, yelling at God saying, how dare you? drag me up Mount Everest. And God says, no, you chose to go on that adventure. And it just feels right that, yes, I chose this life of lessons at a very early age. I wanted to go on this adventure. And I'm so forward to looking, uh, talking to everyone on the other side and saying, hey, got through this one pretty good. You know, I love this, what you just spoke of, taking responsibility and saying those phrases, I chose to do this or that. I love that because that's the very beginning, in my opinion, to reach that state of inner peace. We need to own and be responsible for everything, everything we think, we say, and we do. Talk to me for a moment about choices, Alfred. Oh, absolutely. Choice, I believe, is the fundamental beginning spiritual principle for your spiritual awakening, for your spiritual path, is for so many years, I didn't know I had choice. I didn't know things like I could be something other than my past, be something other than an abused child, be something other than, yes, I lived in group homes and foster homes and shelters. And I didn't know. I, I thought the simple thing of, yes, you are a product of your past. And choice simply says, no, you have a choice to not just look at it as a negative. You have a choice to look at it as a positive. You have a choice to look at anything as a negative or a positive. You have a choice to choose your emotions. You have a choice to choose what path you follow in life, regardless of where you've come from. Now, of course, you can choose to say, you know what? I don't believe that. I'm going to stay exactly where I am. Great. That's your choice. But the, for me, the fundamental principle is in if someone wants to awaken, if someone wants to expand spiritually, is to understand that I don't care what you've been through what you've experienced, what you believe other people have done to you in your life. You have a choice to view it differently, to have a different opinion, a different perspective, a different judgment, and to lead you down the path of inner peace and inner happiness and contentment and responsibility to say, this is my life. This is my path. I don't care what's going on out there. I don't care what's happened to me in the path. There's a ton of of spiritual teachings that will allow me the choice to let go of my past, to let go of those perceptions, to let go of whatever it is so that I can be who I am, so I can choose my journey, I can choose my happiness and bliss. And I'm wondering what can help us to see the choices we have I noticed that a lot of times some people, they don't see the choices. So that's why they think they don't have choice. Yeah, what helps us to see the possibilities? Fantastic question. I call it mindfulness. Being mindful is everything is based on love. Everything is based on the energy of 
love. And if you believe that everyone has guidance, everyone has angels, everyone has someone in the spiritual realm looking over you, they will help you with decisions. They will help you with things. So you have two choices to do what your poor insignificant brain wants to do, which is pretty much ego, or to do what your guidance is telling you. So you always have at least those two options in front of you. And it's how do you make that choice? If you're mindful, you can be mindful of the energy and the vibration of certain actions, opinions, statements, uh, decisions. How does this feel to me? Is doing this particular thing good for me? How does it feel? What is the energy? What is the universe telling me about that? Should I be in this relationship? Should I get out of this relationship? Is this person thing decision good for me? And you can stop and reflect and be mindful. Just take, it takes five, 10 seconds. We're not talking huge meditation session here. How does the energy feel? Okay, great. Well, maybe that one doesn't feel good. Okay. Well, here's another option. How does this option feel? Oh, this option feels better. Now, what are we not doing? We're not thinking. We're not rationalizing. Uh, we're, we're not deciding because the ego will has what we call a reactive. You're reacting to everything egotistically. You're not being mindful to say, hmm, what other choices are there? Did I ask my guidance for help or their opinion? If you take a step back and be mindful of anything, especially relationships, especially whenever people come to us about relationships, we say, how does it feel to you? There's your answer because the universe is telling you either stay in the relationship if you're happy, but the majority of the time when people come to us for relationships, it's, I feel bad. Okay. That's the universe behind your back saying it's time to make a choice. And if it feels bad to leave because there could be somebody else waiting for you. So you can actually make decisions for your life in whatever aspect by simply stopping number one and saying, how does it feel? I'm being mindful in the moment that how it feels, the energy and vibration behind it is more important than what my mind is telling me. I love that, especially when you said about love is the foundation for everything. So it is moving, making that movement from a state of mind to a state of heart in a way. I love that. Sure. It's a big part of non-duality, actually, is you are part of everything. And that's a huge part of the choice is the fundamental aspect is do you think by yourself with your limited human brain, your humanist can figure out your life? If you think so, great, have at it. Or what we're trying to say is there's another option. Another option is you're part of the universe. You're connected to your guidance. You're connected to the oneness. And that is a huge resource. And that's a big part of it is if you believe, if you have the choice, if you live your life according to that premise that the universe can guide you, then you can be mindful and say, hey, guys, I need some help here. Can you give me a little bit of help? I'm really informal with them <laughs> yeah, that's great. and say, I could do some help. Could you help me with this decision? What's the right decision? What is the right way to go and feel what the right way to go is? That's being mindful of your guidance, mindful of what's available to you, not just believing what your mind tells you immediately. Right. When you speak of feelings, trusting them in a way, listening to the feeling that makes me think about emotions and when they are not accurate and we react because we have some sort of trauma from the past and now we cannot trust even our emotions. It's almost like this yeah, counterintuitive because mm -hmm. I've been through that so I could not trust my feelings. I had mm -hmm. to stop and pause. Do you recommend the work of treating the past, the traumas before we trust our feelings, or there's a difference between feelings and emotions? Feeling universal energy and emotions is 
It's a different type of sense. It's the sense that you can't touch, feel, smell, see. It's training your intuition. But however, you are 100% correct is if you've had trauma in your life, which you and I have had, and pretty much majority of the people in service had had, have had lessons, I'd like to call them, (laughs) lessons and experiences earlier in life, it is much better to get rid of, to let go of that type of trauma so it doesn't interfere. So let me give you a wonderful example is think of somebody that you really idolize, you really want to hear, you want to go hear this person speak and you find out this person is coming. Great, fantastic. You buy your ticket six months in advance. You get your seat, you sit down early and just before the person starts speaking, your telephone rings and you pick up your phone and you start listening to your phone. Now, the the speaker is speaking. So now you have two voices coming at you at the same time. The person that you really want to hear and somebody on the phone. Can you listen to the person that you need to hear? The answer is no. You can't listen to two voices at the same time. So that analogy has to do with ego, trauma, mind chatter, monkey mind. I'm sure there's a bunch of other words. <laughs> That's a funny one, a monkey mind. Okay, monkey mind. <laughs> the things that, you know, you're trying to go to sleep. It's like, okay, I thought about that a hundred times. Why is it still there? It is extremely difficult to tap into your intuition and listen to guidance. One voice, one opinion, one path. While you have a lot of those voices in your head, which are protection mechanisms that are trying to protect you from what happened previously, as Pink Floyd said, another brick in the wall. (laughs) It's the way you want to be able to listen to spirit is not by focusing on spirit, is by letting go of the things that are not you, Mm, is by letting go of trauma, by doing the inner work, which there are thousands of people who talk about how to do the inner work. It's been around for thousands of years, how to do the inner work. Buddhism tells you how to do the inner work. How many years has Buddhism been around? Two, three thousand years? It's to follow your path, to follow your intuition is effortless. The work comes from letting go of the things that block you from hearing what you want to hear. What is your own definition of resilience, Alfred? Resilience. The way I like to look at resilience, it is a partner with mindfulness. Mindfulness is, wait, hold on, there's something bothering me. I have this voice in my head. Oh, okay, that's not me. Okay, great. I am mindful that this negative energy is coming from some trauma or some opinion of what happened to me, whether it's now or in the past or whether I'm worried about the future. I am mindful that I'm causing myself negative energy. Okay, great. Resilience, I group as the bunch of practices that are the inner work. How do I become resilient to this? How do I let it go? How do I make sure it doesn't bother me anymore? So resilience is, everybody has a word for it, whether it's doing the inner work, letting stuff go, overcoming, forgiving, whatever it is, but also making sure new stuff doesn't stick to you. Not forming negative opinions. If something happens, oh, I, I always love this when I live in Los Angeles, is when you've experienced Los Angeles traffic, right? I didn't, no. Okay, you haven't? Okay, <laughs> no. New York traffic. Any, anywhere <laughs> where there's a traffic. ridiculous amount of New York traffic, okay? <laughs> anywhere there's a ridiculous traffic. You're driving along and somebody cuts you off. You got two choices. You could be mad and swear at the person or you can say, bless you. May you get home safely and not harm anybody along the way. So resilience is not just the inner work of letting go of what happened in the past. It's also being resilient to things that happen to you in the moment and understanding you have a choice how you respond, not react. Of course, how many of us have been cut off by somebody and our knee-jerk, egotistical, human-based reaction is, 
Okay. So true. We're causing ourselves negative energy or to be mindful to say, oops, hold on, mind, that's not a very nice thought. And the resilience practice comes in and says, I am resilient to people cutting me off. May I bless him along his journey and may he deal with whatever anger that he's dealing with. So the resilience is how do you not let life affect you? How do you stay who you are or become who you are by letting go of the things and not letting new things stick to you? Sounds like a a wonderful practice. Would you call it a practice or an understanding? An understanding is choice. Is it, You have to start with, I understand, I have choice. Mindfulness or resilience leads you to understand, okay, I have a choice. Oh, cool. That's mindfulness. You're mindful of your choices. You're not just reacting. But the resilience aspect of it is I'm going to do some work. I'm going to practice becoming resilient. And we liken it to being healthy. You can eat like healthy, but it takes a while when you eat. You don't just eat once and you're healthy. You don't just mm -hmm. go to the gym once and you're healthy. How many times does it take to get yourself physically healthy by going to the gym? A long time. Resilience is that same type of practice. Is The more you practice resilience, the more you realize regardless of what's happening out there, you are in charge of how you feel. I love, love that. That's so true. So how is being mindful different from being aware? They're very close, very, very close. For me, mindful is I'm mindful I have a choice. You could be aware of the oneness. And that's the difficult part of this is trying to explain God, trying to explain the universe, trying to explain the universal energy, trying to explain the oneness, trying to explain love. Is it possible? Is it possible? I don't think anybody can truly explain what is available to us, what resources are available to us, who is watching over us, what knowledge is available, what are miracles? All of those things are extremely difficult to define. But in general, awareness is, yes, there's stuff out there that I want to be part of that is beyond my physical senses. Cool. Great. Help me be mindful. I choose to be mindful of, wait, hold on. I'm acting egotistically. I'm acting and I may be doing something that is not good for me, not good for other people. What's my other option? Let me be mindful of what other possibilities there are. So I think they're pretty close, but it's hard to define this stuff. It is. They're just words. Yeah. They're lovely words. <laughs> My next warm-up question has to do with freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you or what is to be free? That's a fantastic question. I always looked at colored people during slavery going to church. And I always said, why are they doing that? What is the point? And then I realized after a lot of the inner work is you can become free inside, internally, regardless of what your situation is outside of you. In that example, they were in a really horrible situation. But what did they do? They turn to God to say, at least I can find inner peace. I can find inner joy. I can find inner freedom regardless of what's happening outside of me. And that is what is possible through spirituality, by learning from all of the people who are on your show, by learning spiritual principles, by following the practices, is regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what you've experienced, regardless of what you might say people have done to you, through the inner work, you can be free of all of that. And for me, that is the most important aspect of life because that's how you bring yourself to your life. Is your life defined by your past or what happened to you? Or do you define your life? Wow. I love your wisdom. <laughs> and we just got started. That's profound and um, resonates. 
absolutely true to me. Fantastic question, by the way. Fantastic answer. I love your answer. <laughs> yeah, you can only find freedom within. That's my understanding. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that clearly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you and I have been on this uh, a similar path. Um, you've lived overseas. You're, you know, you've got an international background. I traveled the world looking for freedom, looking for happiness. And it was only after I stopped traveling and came back home that I realized the happiness that I saw isn't out there. It isn't in a country. It isn't in any particular place. It has to start within. Granted, traveling was fantastic. It's yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, experience really was great. Yeah. But I was looking for the wrong, I was looking for what I wanted that happiness and inner bliss in the wrong place. Like most of us do initially, right? Without knowing. But I guess it's part of the experience too. It's interesting. This uh, amazing experience of learning and then unlearning <laughs> in a way. Yeah. So my next question has to do with the current situation. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? I'm going to rephrase the question on purpose. I believe the most important thing you can do in life is to follow your own life path as an individual. If you take the question of what you said, you're going to say, okay, something out there is going to define what I should do how I should plan my life, how I should spend my time. If you believe in reincarnation, the beginning of reincarnation is you're on the other side in full awareness of all of your previous lives, full awareness of surrounded by all of the spirits and all of your family and friends and everybody who's participated in your previous lives, current lives, know that you know all of your karma and that decides your life path. Poof, you're born. And you have a life path that was created in full awareness of so much more that is so beyond your capabilities. And you have a choice in life. What is more important to you? How are you going to define your service to humanity? And for me, the most important aspect is my firm belief that I as a human could never understand what is the best thing that I could do for humanity to be of service? Because I don't have an understanding of what happened on the other side on purpose for have you forget so you can stumble along and experience life. <laughs> okay. But for me, the most important aspect is to live your dharma, is to live your life path because then you're following the wisdom of your full awareness when you were on the other side. What did you want to do? What did you want to achieve? What did you want to experience? Now, that being said, so many of us who went through difficult childhoods, had a lot of lessons up front in life, are older souls who said, I want all these lessons so I can be of service later on in life. However, that service and how you're going to serve is also part of your life path, is also part of what was talked about and decided before you were born. So for me personally, yes, the world needs a lot of help, but you have two choices in terms of how you're going to help. Are you going to, your humanness is going to do all this research and determine where you could be of best assistance or are you going to sit in a meditative state and work with your guidance and say, according to my life path, according to my dharma, what is the best way I should be of service and allow the universe to guide you in what is your life path, in what is your dharma that they have been preparing you to do in your individual type of service? Yes, the world needs help. It's not a question. The question is, how are you as an individual going to serve? And the way I serve is always by reflecting back upon to my guidance and my life path to say, is this direction going to take me off my life path? Or is this particular type of service, teaching, class, workshop, interview, whatever, on my life path? And if by 
speaking with guidance and hearing their judgment, they say, yes, you should be on this interview with Valeria and you should talk about spiritual principles and it feels wonderful. Great. I'm going to do it. But there have been several times in my life. uh, I'll never forget. uh, I've always wanted to create my own version of a group home because I grew up in the system and 9-11 happened. And I realized, wow, there's a lot of orphans in New York that need this new style of group home. And the universe said, not yet, my son. Not, it's not time. When you want to be of service, especially now when you want to be of service, my suggestion, the way I follow my life is to ask your guidance, ask the universe, is this something that I should be involved with or will it take me off my life path? How do we know when we are on our life's path or when we are living the purpose? How do we know? Yeah, you have to love the ego. Why am I here? What's my life? What's my purpose in life? I need to know. Right? And it wants to know the big picture. Mm. Spiritually speaking, to know you're on your life path is am I doing right now in this moment what I should be doing, saying what I should be saying with who I should be with, doing what I should be doing, and does it feel right in this moment? So that's how we know. The ego, the ego and spirituality are always complete opposites, always. So your ego wants to know, am I on my life path? What is my life's purpose? These huge questions. And spiritually speaking, it's nope. Your job is to be in the moment. So to answer that question, every single opportunity, every single decision, every single time your ego is like, hey, let's go do this. Yeah, that looks cool, man. (laughs) You got to say, wait. (laughs) Stop, be mindful, reflect. How does that feel? Does it feel good? Am I being blessed? Am I being supported to go do that? Okay, great. Then it's on my life path. But I cannot tell you how many times where my ego had this huge idea. Yeah, we're going to do this really cool thing. And spirit came to me and said, we're going to show you the energy of what it's going to be like if you go in that direction. And then all of a sudden, there's this deep, sinking, heavy feeling, negative energy that says, you can go in that direction. That's perfectly fine. But we're just letting you know in advance what's going to happen if you go in that path. And that is the answer that I use to determine if I'm on my life path. It's moment, not day by day, moment by moment to determine, is this next step? This next choice, this next purchase, this next whatever it is, is this next thing on my life path? Then, as we've all heard a million times, you're in the now. Yeah, so true, (laughs) Alfred. I love that you said that. Yeah, going back to oh, but the the thing that drives me crazy. I'm sorry. I got to get on my soapbox. One minute. (laughs) One minute. I'm going to get my soapbox. When I first started learning to channel, channel automatic writing, speaking with your guides, being able to, I, why am I here? And they'd laugh at me and they're like, no, that's not the way it works. The way it works, spiritually speaking, is they will tell you what you should be doing in the moment. And my mentor used to laugh at me when I would yell and argue and scream and ask the same exact question. Why am I here? Throwing a hissy fit. And he looked at me one time and said, because you'd change it. You'd have an opinion of it. Your ego would participate and decide to manipulate it, to change it. That's why spirit does not tell you what your overall life path is, because then you're going to be up at night and your ego is going to be churning and thinking and contemplating. And you and spirits basically told me, yeah, we don't want your ego involved. So we're purposely not telling you your life path. That's the reason we don't know. Yeah, it's beautiful because whatever it is, it's given to us moment by moment. You're right. It's not the whole picture. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Here's a good one. Can we understand God? Can we understand our life path? Is that possible? 
No. So trying to understand the big picture is very, it's common, it's similar to mind chatter, monkey mind. I, I, I need to know. I'm nervous, I'm nervous, frantic energy, which I understand very well. I just scream at my mentor, tell me, versus faith, trust, and belief. Mm. I trust that I am in God's hands. I believe there is a life path. I surrender into that. I have faith in the process of them guiding me on a moment by moment basis, which one feels better. Yeah. Wow. I love that trust factor. Yeah. In the end, it's all about trust too. It's all about trust. Do you connect all these words? I think you did just now. Trust, faith, and the other one. I think believe and hope, too. They're all connected, right? Yeah, faith, trust, and belief are very fundamental practices because you have two choices. You can believe what your mind is telling you, or you can believe in what you don't understand. And that's part of mind-soul cooperation is does your mind allow you to believe and trust in something that it doesn't understand. Right. Right. It is a good one. When you speak of the ego, I think, yeah, I think of this tool that we have replaced. We have confused with who we are, most of us. And when that is in charge, there's a lot of confusion, doubt, all that stuff, and trying to understand everything. and separates everything, too. I actually always love quoting one there's very few people in this world that i have ever admired and spiritually speaking the person one of the people that i admire the most is albert einstein and i'll read just one quote the intuitive mind our soul our heart is a sacred gift the rational mind is a faithful servant we've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift See, the gift of who we are is our heart, our soul. And so much of my spiritual development is to say the heart should come first. The heart should make the decisions based on feelings, based on your connection with the universe, based upon your guidance, based on how things feel. And if so, great. Mind, okay. I need you to come help me with this thing. Can you turn on the computer, please? I need to do some writing. So completely agree with you that when you make decisions, when you decide things, it should come from a heart space first, and then you can decide whether you want the mind involved or not. Yeah, right. And this is a very interesting topic about using uh, the mind, the ego, as the servant. What would you say is the simplest way of knowing that when you're coming from the heart? Is first learn meditation. Meditate, I mean, there's so many types of meditation, but basically meditation is, in a nutshell, how do you quiet the mind to hear your heart, your universe, guidance, what is beyond your physical senses, okay? What you do with that is a whole nother subject, but that is the starting point, is you can't go to a lecture and hear somebody really important. You can't hear your guidance. You can't hear the universe guiding you if you have this constant voice in the background. So the beginning step of working with the universe, working with your guidance, being able to be guided by your heart is to quiet the mind. Now, some people think that's it. Okay, great. Sure. Fine. I believe it's a starting point that if you learn to quiet the mind, then you have access to unlimited information. I call it an army of supporters who love you unconditionally and want nothing but your greatest and highest good at your disposal, available to you. (laughs) But you have to quiet the mind first because you're never going to hear the most important speaker in your life if you have that voice in your background. Now, how do you quiet the voice? By doing the inner work, by letting go of trauma, 
brick by brick, as Pink Floyd said, then the voices are less and less and less that's being mindful. Wait, I hear a voice. Hold on. That's not me. I'm going to let it go. Let me do whatever practice. I call it resilience. You can call it whatever you want to let go of that. And that tiny little individual voice isn't there anymore. Then the voice of your heart, the voice of your soul becomes louder and you can hear it more clearly. Yeah. Yes. True. That it's a great suggestion about quieting the mind and practicing that. And I have a question for you about, you use the word letting go a lot, and this is very important in the process of just not listening to that voice of the ego. How do we know when we are letting go and not giving up? Because sometimes we can confuse that too. Start with stuff in the past. Giving up is something in the moment or the future. And I always like to say the easiest way to determine if there's something to let go of, something bothers you from your, fa your past. You say to yourself, this person did this to me. That happened to me. This defined who I am. That happened so this is what I believe. I learned this so that is my opinion. And whenever you have those thoughts, you will feel this extremely negative, anxious, aggravating, mad, sad, unhappy vibration and energy. So in that way, it's really, really obvious you should let go of that. True. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So true. And as you become more well-practiced by using whatever letting go exercise you want. There's a thousand teachers about doing the inner work. The inner work is start with letting go of your past. Then you'll see, oh my God, I just had a revelation. I had a breakthrough. I feel so much happier because whenever you have a breakthrough, whenever you let something go that you should let go of, immediately you feel the positive energy and the bliss that was always there. And that's, I like to say, the process of doing the inner work. Then you can say, okay, how do I become resilient to whatever is out there? How do I determine what is just worrying or, you know, worrying about something that doesn't exist or planning to do something that is really important? Well, that's a really hard answer. And that requires you to work with the universe. Should I be doing this in a moment? Should I be speaking with that person in a moment? Get 80-20 rule. You know what 80-20 rule is? No, no. 80-20 rule. Get rid of 80% of the stuff with 20% of the effort. <laughs> get 80% of the benefit with 20% of the work. So spiritually speaking, the best way to get clear to become connected to the universe, to work with your guidance is hammer the heck do out of your past. Let go of that stuff. Let go of those voices. Lower the volume of your mind, of your ego, so that when you get to the more complicated stuff, like what I should be doing in the moment, am I on my life path? Am I following my guidance? It's a little easier. It's a little easier, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> I agree, Alfred, yeah. I agree. So, you know, one of the things that I kind of realized that a lot of this attachment, emotions, the past, whatever it is, food and exercise, even in my case was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's addiction, isn't it? It's an obsession with certain things and that sometimes we want to let go. We wanted to give up on this negativity the things that are hurting us, but we are not able to. So that kind of makes me think about addiction. We're addicted to thinking, right? Thoughts. Yes, I, I have come from many different uh, types of addictions, uh, working out, uh, education, thinking. Try to forget your MBA. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> or, or in your case, try to calm down from working out. Yeah. I don't think I got up to your level even remotely close, but I was four or five days a week, at least two or three hours a day. I'm sure you worked out a lot, but addiction. Okay. Addiction to make it real simple. Addiction is something that gets you happy temporarily. 
it is not a long lasting feeling. Thus, in order to continue to be happy, you have to continue doing it. Spirituality, on the other hand, is if you do something such as do the work and you let go of a piece of your past that was a trauma, that happiness will stay with you. So spiritually speaking, if you're on a spiritual path doing the spiritual work, the work that you do helps you become happy naturally. The opposite is any type of addiction that requires you to do it over and over and over and over like a hamster on a wheel in order to keep up the happiness. So for me, that's the definition of the two is, okay, is it something that I'm doing that's giving me a temporary happiness that I'm trying to bury something or I'm trying to make myself feel good because I feel bad versus, wait, hold on a something. I'm doing something because I feel bad. That is what I call masking the symptom. You're, you're, an addiction is masking the symptom. Okay, 24 years of alcohol. I will admit it. I got obliterated for 24 years because I was an abused child. And we do things to mask the symptoms versus spiritual approaches. Wait, hold on. Let me go find out what the root cause of the symptom is. Let me go let it go. Let me do the inner work. Now, what happens to the addiction if you let go of the problem? Do you need the addiction anymore? Do you need to drink? Do you need to go to the gym? Okay, I was so mad at the world, I'm sure you were too, that the only thing that helped me blow off the steam was going to the gym for hours. Okay, sound familiar? Oh yeah, very much. Because of the internal aggravation. So you have an addiction because of the internal aggravation, the internal sadness, the internal anger. But the addiction is only masking the symptom. Spiritually speaking, to summarize this, to let go of the addiction, you don't fight the addiction. You let go of the root cause. When I became grateful for my childhood, my workouts went down to a half hour to 45 minutes because I didn't have the anger anymore. I didn't need to work out the anger. Does that make sense? Very much. And you actually say this, uh, I think I read somewhere on your website, you say happiness comes from peace. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. When we are peaceful within, then it's easy to be happy. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, you actually, I remember you saying that on your website also is the first step is inner peace. Inner peace is the path to happiness. Because that is our natural state. And this is extremely difficult. When my mentor was telling me this, happiness and peace is our natural state, I'm like, the things that I told him, I'm not going to say on air. (laughs) (laughs) I was a very activated person when I started this. (laughs) I was very mad. I was like, not my cards. And... The more you do the inner work, the more you realize, wow, peacefulness and happiness is my inner state. I don't need to do anything to be happy. All I need to do is the inner work. And the more I let go of, the more I'm happy naturally. And then all of a sudden, the need to have an addictive personality dissolves. It goes away. I was drinking five to six days a week heavily, heavily. I was going to the gym five, six days a week because of this internal fury. When you let go of the anger, when you let go of your past, it goes away. And so you don't have to fight the addictions. Huge topic for me that I I got through and that was the way. You don't fight the addiction, fight the root cause, do the inner work. And it's very easy to tell because the ego is always trying, has to do with doing things, adding. It's never the opposite. Letting go or just accepting is the opposite. Yeah, that's a good lesson to tell everybody. A general guideline is if you're trying to do something to acquire, to get, 
That is egotistical human. If you're doing something to give, to let go, to remove, that is spiritual. Right. So we're almost at the end of the interview. I have a few more questions for you. But before that, would you like to add anything? Sure. Uh, I'd like to give away some lessons. If you go to my website, alfredritchie.com, there's going to be a button there to enroll in a full hour of mindfulness and resilience lessons. You're going to take these lessons and say, wow, he's saying the same thing that he's talking about in this interview. Absolutely. Is I my job is to pay it forward, to help and be as much service as I possibly can. Of course, you can continue the course and pay me, but for anyone who wants to take free spiritual lessons, these are actual lessons I teach to my students. This is the beginning of the workshop that I'm giving away. Go to alfredritchie.com. You don't need to enroll. You don't need to, uh, no credit cards, no payments, no Nothing. If you want an hour of free mindful and resilience lessons, go to alfredritchie.com. Wonderful. So I'll have the link also on your podcast profile page. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself, Alfred, as of today? To be grateful for the worst things in your life. That's when things changed. And that was brutal. There, there are no words to describe when you carried something. You, so many of us carry things for years, 10 years, 20 years or longer. The hardest thing, but the greatest breakthrough you will have is if you can be grateful for what your mind thinks is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Because at that time, when you become grateful for what's happened to you, you let it go and it doesn't haunt you anymore. And that's not easy. Please don't start there. <laughs> don't, don't start with the hard stuff. This is like the gym. Okay, we're, we're your personal trainers. We're going to teach you about the gym today. Okay. If you look at Arnold, Arnold can go pick up the heavyweights. He's been doing this for many years. You and I have been doing this for many years. When you're starting out, please start on the easy stuff. Go, go check out your past. Let go of your past. Okay. When something is really huge like that, make sure you've been at this for a while. But for me, the greatest breakthrough is being grateful for the child abuse. Yeah, that's a powerful lesson for all of us to think that way. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? Yes, absolutely. There are so many lessons from so many teachers that lead you down that path. For example, everything is an experience. That's why you're here, to experience life in physical form. There is nothing wrong. When you can go through life peacefully and you realize through there is no duality. You're not separate of. When you do all the work and let go of the stuff, that separates you from the truth, the oneness. And you start to become part of that oneness on a regular basis. You realize you are part of that universal energy. You are love. You come from love. You are love. You're going to love. And you just happen to be borrowing this physical body for a little while. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Nope. <laughs> Not a single thing. I love that answer. Fast, too. <laughs> no, no. I, I've got my life down to one question. When I go back to the other side, I'm going to ask one single question. I trusted. Was there anything else I should do? Anything. Is there anything else I should have done besides trust? <laughs> I don't think so. What a beautiful and that's question. It. Yeah. And that's it is so much of the fight that we all go through is should I follow my mind? Should I follow other people or should I trust? And people like us who have been on this journey for so long, my goal is to trust 100% of the time, 100% of the moments in trusting that 
they will tell me what to say, tell me what to do, lead me along my path. And that's why it doesn't matter whether I die now or later is if you trust in them, they're going to say, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Ah, you didn't get to that this lifetime. We'll tack it on your next lifetime. <laughs> okay, sure. Cool. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. That might be the worst thing that can happen to come back here. <laughs> yeah, the, the worst thing is like you can decide, yeah, I'll come back again and get uh, do the stuff that I haven't done yet. <laughs> so you're trusting that they're trusting that this is all taken care of. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Happiness comes from following universal principles. If you want to be truly happy, you have two choices. Follow what your brain tells you will make you happy or seek out spiritual principles that make you happy. So my understanding is that pretty much everybody wants to be happy. Okay, great. My suggestion is to find out all the ways that truly make you happy, not, shall we say, addictions that we, we both have been down. I, I'm just going to nail it down to one, that that is what I believe is all of this work, everything that I do, even trusting, is because if you follow God's rules, if you follow universal principles, if you follow spiritual principles, I don't care what it is, you will be happy. Granted, doing the inner work sometimes a little bit painful, okay? My, my mentor used to tell me it's like having a bandage on for too long and eventually you need to tear the bandage off. Okay, that's going to hurt. But eventually, once you heal, you become happy. When you have faith, trust, and belief, you're going to be happy. When you learn to communicate with your guidance and they tell you what is for you, you're going to be ecstatic when you start realizing the miracles that are around you. So I'm only going to say there's one thing that I know for certain in this life. If you follow spiritual principles and you'll know which ones are for you, you will be happy. You will be peaceful. You will find self-love. Your life will be meaningful you'll be calm, your life will be worth living. Yes, a thousand times, yes. Yes, and for me, it's realizing, the, because I don't know anything. You see, by realizing you don't know anything human-wise, then what I do know is by having faith, trust, and belief in the universe, I'll find my way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the truth is, I don't know a stinking thing. <laughs> I don't. I just trust that mm -hmm. my guidance in the universe are taking care of me and guiding me to where I need to be. So they're the ones who know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the truth, yeah, they do, right. So true. Oh, I love your wisdom. Thank you so much for your presence, your deep wisdom, your guidance. Yeah, thank you, Alfred. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Sure. Uh, AlfredRitchie.com. A-L-F-R-E-D-R-I-C-C-I. -C -C -I, and it's, I'm sure the link will be on the podcast. Uh, that's how you can find out more about me and get a bunch of free lessons that I'm very happy to share. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye for Thank now. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. I sincerely appreciate the effort that you put to have me on. And I am so grateful that there are bright lights serving such as yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Alfred. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Alfred Ritchie and his work, please visit alfredritchie.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. <music>